Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. This is Diana Crash, your host, and today I am joined by an extra special guest co-host, Kaylin. (laughs) 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 Just Kaylin, as in, hey, Kaylin, as in, she's amazing. She is a ball of energy and inspiration and creativity and I'm just so happy that she's here today with us. Um, she's the CEO and, and educator of Green Thumb EDU. Hey, Kaylin. Hey, How Diana. You doing? <laughs> now I'm going to do that. <laughs> You're like, okay, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I, you're great. Hey, Diana. <laughs> you're great. Um, so we're going to get into as usual um an an uncomfortable topic but it will be fun and (laughs) so Caitlin is going to talk today with me about content creating cannabis and how this industry is not so different from others which surprise surprise for some of you I know but (laughs) um so we'll be talking about the intersection of content creation and cannabis and um, all the fun layers that are involved in that. But before we start, we're going to start um, this episode, as we do, everyone, with our fave pot and fave not pot at the moment. So I'm going to start with my fave pot. Um, I was sent a kit by um, Hemp Basics. Cannabis Basics, Hemp Basics, but this line is from their Hemp Basics line. Um, and it's it's a, it's a little kit for people. You know, when you wear your mask, some people are, ha- are having like breakouts and skin irritation. Oh. Um, yeah, so this is a really thoughtful little kit. It comes with um, a moisturizer, which says Hero Moisturizer. So they're promoting mask usage um, and... The moisturizer is CBD and terpene enriched with orange and tea tree, and it has um, some other uh, trace cannabinoids and terpenoids. Did I say that right? Terpenoids? Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And then it comes with with a toner, uh, um, like a facial toner spray, and a little bar of hemp soap. So, you know, washing your hands and wash your face spray it with the toner um and then follow up with the moisturizer wow and yeah and the toner is nice to use throughout the day to to relieve from the mask irritation so i really like it a lot it's a very um it's a very light spray who is it by cannabis basics and um the bottle says hemp basics but i know that if you go on cannabisbasics.com um the founder of this company, uh, Warner, was on last season, and uh, she's she's a true pioneer in the hemp industry. So, 
podcast. Definitely check it out. What's your fave pot? Ooh, so I guess my fave pot right now would have to be, I just recently tried, I know it sounds kind of basic, but infused chocolates. Uh-huh. I haven't had, like, of course I've had edibles that are chocolates. I've had, I've had terrible, awful, like, experiences with it. Or, like, you try one and it tastes so much like weed that you're not really ready for it. Or it smells so bad that you're just like, I just wanted some chocolate. I had the best chocolate I think I've ever had. And to make it even better, I talked to the master chocolatier about it. Yeah. And, and started to like hear about chocolate technology and how, if you really know how his family's family has been creating chocolate for generations and, you know, they're his ancestors and he's figured out now how to use chocolate as a, as a binder and, and, you know, add all these things that would taste awful and put it into chocolate, but he's figured out like the, the right balance. And it's so good Diana like mm. it'd be this good it's like a white chocolate coconut um and they're down in Florida too it's it's called a uh, CCBD like SEE CBD but it oh yeah oh. they're they're really nice they're like a small um a small group but and working in a factory but it's it's just it's cool to see all the many different ways and I think what I like the most about it is, is like having very accessible weed. Like some people that I talk to, they can't have THC or it makes them feel strange. So I'm like, just grab yourself some chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great way to try it out. I mean, and also a good one, because you're right. I think I've only had one in the past that was, it was very strong flavor and it was like, "Eh, hmm." yeah, that's awesome. And what's it? You said a CCBD? Mm-hmm. S-E-E-C-B-D. But awesome. I I think with um with yeah, the strong chocolate, it's like it kind of turns you off the chocolate. You're like, I didn't really want to go into this not liking chocolate anymore. <laughs> right. That's how I was when I tried mushrooms with chocolate. Um how was that? Not great. Yeah. <laughs> it did almost make me hate chocolate. I was like, um Yeah. This is not the way. <laughs> figure out a better way to eat your mushrooms or no and actually I I haven't I haven't I haven't used them and and I haven't consumed psychocybin (laughs) um since I since before I got pregnant so it's been almost like it's been over three years so I I want I want to get back into I want to microdose really but um getting my hands on it is another story so well yeah I'm trying to get my hands on some too now because the last time I had a batch, I I steeped it, and it That's was what so I do. like. I think it was just easier because you know when it's a tea, it's so much easier to than eating it. And right. It great. It was fantastic. Yes, <laughs> I I have had that a long time ago when I was living in Florida, but I didn't make it. So and I I just couldn't. I didn't want to take on the task of trying to make it. I, I, I approached it a couple of times, but then I was like, no, I don't want to mess it up. And yeah, you know, yeah, it's but. a strong thing. And you just kind of jump into it. I guess that's yeah. how psychedelics. <laughs> psychedelics <Yeah. work. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jump in with both feet and, yeah. and your arms and, and, your and arms. everything else. <laughs> and your arms. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so my fave not pot right now is not anything specific. I was just like, I just had uh, music on earlier um, while I was doing, you know, cleaning the house and stuff. And I was like, man, this this year, it's been kind of shit. Not kind of shitty. It's been massively shitty for like, yeah, you know, but... <laughs> But one of the really great things about this year has been music for me. I think that there has been some amazing music. Um, earlier, I was listening to Fiona Apple's latest album. Hmm. And then you are creating so much amazing music. We played a sample of it. Um, was it the last episode or the episode prior to that? But we, I really love what you're creating. Tell us about what you've got going on right now. Oh, yeah. So... Well, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, let me just tell you all about it. Um, no, I mean, it's it's been years that I've been with my fiance Bryce, and mm-hmm. he always was an illustrator. He just had a children's book come out, which is such a big deal for us. But he always loved rapping. Like that's what I remember being at Tyler School of Art back in the day, like him just rapping to himself. And I think at one point I was like, are you going to make this into a career? Like, why do you do this so much? <laughs> Which stopped him for a little bit, like stopped his growth. I, I remember thinking like, how come he doesn't rap anymore? It was because I said, like, I gave him a moment of doubt. And then all of a sudden, like I turned it around and I was like, I'm so sorry I did this let's think about like you as a rapper. So we came up with his music name, which is your mom likes my music. I think <laughs> we were high one night and I was like, that would be great. <laughs> like, like something like, your mom likes my music. And he was like, do you think that'll work? And I was like, yeah, I think that'll work. And he put out his first song, I think last year, I think it's only been a year that he's been out. And before he used to get like, like, I think like, a couple hundred listens on like a SoundCloud. And I think it was because I said like, Hey, are you serious about this? Or (laughs) yeah. And as soon as he was serious about it and I was serious about it now, like we just, we can't believe it. He's got over 2 million streams and wow. Yeah. He was listened to in over 92 countries. We're just like, it's, uh, there was a German guy that listened to the, one of the songs that I sang on. So Bryce raps most of his songs and he collaborates with different people that he just finds and loves. And sometimes he'll bring me in on a song. And mm-hmm. one, of, one of the guys from Germany told him that he listened to the one song I was singing 11,000 minutes. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this is amazing. But people... You know, like you said, like music this year, I think it's really important for us to really feel again. Mm-hmm. And I think music is just our, it's like our quickest medicine to feeling. So we've been really like feeling what we've been making and we do it with our whole heart and we just kind of release it, throw it out there. And we're like, this is great. Let's keep going. That's amazing. Um, and I'm so here for it. And thank you for sharing that with the world. Um, so what's your fave not pot to switch gears back to our segment? <laughs> idea. Bring us back. Um, yeah. So my fave not pot is this, it's this book. I just started reading it. I might only be like 10 pages in, but it's called what would Frida do? And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm so in love. I'm such like a Frida head uh, just because I minored in art history, but like Frida is just such a powerful 
emblem of a fire of a woman of a creative of like a revolutionary of being able to express pain because I feel like I'm in pain every day <laughs> I don't know about you but I yep. feel like <laughs> right like I feel like I find pain just in like moments and I'm like damn but to to keep working through the pain is is just fantastic so this book this book just like pulls some of her quotes, some of her life, some of the things that she would do. Like, you know, if she wasn't feeling herself, like she would grab her tequila and she would dance all night and she would, you know, find love and passion and sex and just anything that she needed to feel more of herself. She just did. So that's the book. What would Frida do by Ariana Davis? You should get it. Yeah, I definitely am going to. Um, it, it reminds me, I have the book I'm lending to you right on my bookshelf, ready to go. I just need to get shipping, uh, <laughs> shipping stuff. But I'm definitely um, in in search of some more to add to my list. And I love Frida Kahlo, and I Thank think you. that she's, oh my god, I mean, talk about somebody who really turns paint in a pain into beauty. I mean, mm. just absolute gorgeousness every moment of her life it's just like turns it into something else it's just yeah um, I'm all I'm here for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so this episode has layers like we talked about before and we were talking about content just now I mean content is everywhere um we could have we actually have had past episodes entirely dedicated to the importance of content We're not really going to get into that so much today uh, because there is an alarming trend going around in this in this industry. Um, You know, people want to believe that the cannabis industry can be different from others. And I believe that it can be. I still hold on to hope of that. But what I'm seeing right now, it's very discouraging um, because just like with every other space, there um, is a trend of content creators being underpaid, underutilized, um, and there are some abusive practices that are happening. So we need to talk about it because there's also this weird undercurrent of uh, assumptions that people make (laughs) when you're not a content creator about what that life is. And especially Mm -hmm. when you work in something where it's the intersection of cannabis and content, there are a lot of serious issues to write about in this industry that have nothing to do with receiving samples or, you know, trying or going to an event or um, anything that that is the fringe benefit that people assume come with working in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm making my point clearly, but I th- I come across a lot of people who assume that because I write about cannabis, a I get a lot of free stuff. <laughs> B, I have a lot of fun doing what I'm doing all the time. Um, and there is some truth to that last part. I do have fun writing because it's what I love to do. It's my passion, even when I'm writing about something extremely depressing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's not really the point. <laughs> that was not my point. <laughs> what is my point, Kaylin? <laughs> point is honestly that we're we're all setting these new standards now and and cannabis is is such a new space where we can come to it 
with all of the past filth from every other industry and fix it. I mean, I guess that's where you're going. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. Um, I think that, you know, because it's a, it's a newer industry, we all want to hope that it's going to be different. Right. And in a lot of ways that is possible and it is happening. I mean, there are people like you who are doing amazing work, fighting the good fight, being on the right side of history. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but then there are, you know, there's the other side to that and, and that's quickly becoming um a little bit more prevalent than the than what we're just talking about right (laughs) i don't want to paint everybody as bad or anything like that i'm not saying that there's you know all bad people coming into the industry or anything like that before we start that's not what i'm saying it's good to know that there are sharks in the sea exactly i mean there are definitely and even the people who are presenting in a certain way they can still take advantage of content creators um I mean, we're all human, right? Um, And the only way that we can actually create change and the only way that we will have any hope of making this industry different is to have these conversations and to call out or just hold people accountable, I should say, before we call out and give them the opportunity. Mary Pryor says it even wonderfully. It's a call in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to call you out. We just want to call you into this circle because we we want change and it's coming. And so you can either be within it or you can be out of it. And if you're out of it, then you might dissolve as a company and we will make sure that the companies that are in are, are taken care of and provided for. It's, it's like tribe mentality. Like we're here to connectively make sure that the people that are doing good, keep doing good. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the way to do that, like, you were just not gonna keep repeating, but you know, so let's talk about content. (laughs) Let's talk about freelance content creators. Okay, I'm just going to read this tweet just before we delve really quick, you know, really deep into it. But just to give you an idea, um, this tweet is, I I don't know this person, I just found this tweet when I was looking through um, trends about content tweets. But anyway, his name is John Stephen Stanzel. And he says, so many small businesses ask for the support of their local communities by shopping small. But when they need social media, photography, (laughs) or graphic design work, they often expect it to be done for free Mm -hmm. or for exposure. Freelancers are small and local businesses that need support too. End tweet. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? So true. And I I think it's a good place to talk about what is content. Um, Yeah. Because I I think we've all just bucketed, like we created this giant bucket and just threw, (laughs) threw everything, art, photography, visuals, writing, um, uh, videos, um, mm-hmm. you know, any type podcast, podcast, uh, media, communication, conversations, we've taken right. everything that we do and we've blanketed it into it's content. Right. Right. And then not only did we do that, like we, we stopped 
we started, it's almost like an abusive relationship where we want to keep creating, but people are just accepting, you know, what we make and just kind of making it less than. So we're, we're kind of giving them the starving artist vibe. Right. When, when it's really, we're all creating businesses, like we're all becoming closer to ourselves than ever before, which is beautiful, but, but we have to stop. um, We have to stop looking at ourselves as like these producers and, and look at ourselves as receivers, Uh you know, we Uh have to receive back from, from these businesses, these places that are making money are bringing things in. They have the money. The money is there. People say the money's not there. I I've seen people buy up shoes, buy up like the buying power is there. The money is around, but people are getting very intentional where they're spending it. So it's out here. Exactly. That's exactly a good point. <laughs> That's exactly a good point right there. You did a good job. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> but to build on that point, uh, yes, it, as someone who creates content in this space, I have repeatedly had contracts fall through because of financial reasons. I've had publications um, tell me that they're experiencing a shakeup right after signing me a bunch of articles. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I have over the last four years, countless times been told that there is no budget. And it's always because content is the first thing that people cut when there is any kind of financial issue. And Mm. we're the last people to be paid when, when they are still paying people, like when things are still good, we're still the last people to be paid because because of two reasons. The first being that content is so prevalent right now, prevalent, it's in your face all the time. There's so much more than we've ever had. Yeah. Um, uh, just really quick frame of reference. I've been in digital marketing for about 10 years. And six years ago, I was writing about how people were writing, reading, consuming long form content, long form mm. content was king. Mm. Now, they're saying people's attention spans are actually less than a fly, like less than 15 seconds when it comes to consuming content. Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's more like 30 seconds, but it's still so, so short now, everyone's attention spans. Um, So we have both of those things. We have that that we're contending with, but then also there's a lot of people who assume that they can do it if they had the time. So Mm. they feel like if they can do it, why should they pay you to do it? And for some reason, content is always the one industry where it's always like, well, I think I can do it. But you don't do that with the doctor or your yeah. babysitter or your, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. You don't go to a restaurant and go, you know what? I think I can make this better. Hold on. Let me get back there. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're, we're going against those things and, and that can be difficult. And then also media's portrayal of content creators doesn't help yeah. matters either. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's such a weighted conversation because it's, it's a little bit of our fault and a lot mm-hmm. of it's their fault. You know, it's, it's, we as artists, I feel are put into the, we're not trained to, to be businesses. We just create because it comes from a place of feeling and passion. And then you keep creating, you keep accepting what's handed to you. And a lot of times what's handed to you, you, you're like, well, I guess it 
it would look nice on my resume. But at a certain point, you have done more than... Honestly, the first time that you create something that you feel something from and you know it's good, you don't need a resume. You don't you don't need anything. Like you have something that you can just keep developing and keep working with. If you want right. to partner with other people, then do it. But like just by selling your services or 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 not selling it or just giving it away, it just takes the power away from yourself. That's true. And it's also doing ourselves a disservice not to have these conversations and and not to say things like uh, so-and-so pays really shitty rates Um, because there are, I mean, I'm in a lot of writer groups online and, and other areas that have nothing to do with cannabis. And, and so for years I've been seeing, you know, people talk about negotiating rates and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, they the I don't I don't want to I'm sounding old now but the younger the younger groups of writers are like this is what's happening I'm getting paid 10 cents a word at this place and these the older writers are like whoa wait a minute we're talking about rates so okay but it's, <laughs> it makes them uncomfortable because like you said creatives aren't always thinking about you know having discussions in that sense but th- but that's you know that's splitting hairs the point is we need to say we need to demand transparency not just through the businesses but through each other yes oh completely agree and have these spaces where we can start learning how to do it and and understanding that it's okay like I feel great talking about my rates because I'm like well I've spent years getting here or like when I I was a designer I shout out retired as a designer last week but I was getting to the point where I I didn't like giving myself an hourly rate because I knew that my time was a lot more valuable and I didn't like the number that I saw. I was like, well, $125 an hour is incredible for a designer. But then when I tell other people that they're like, oh no, we were thinking like 15, 16. And I was like, like, oh, well, are you going to India for your, (laughs) your hiring? Like, where are you going? You're paying, you're paying nothing for people's time. You like show some value for the people that you're hiring. You bring up such a good point because, um, in regular writing circles, I keep saying regular, but in non-cannabis (laughs) writing circles, people use the term content mill. Are you familiar with what a content mill is? Oh yeah. So you brought up, you know, India, there are, there are a lot of, um, platforms that will take advantage of content creators for basically nothing. I mean, really it's, it's nothing. Um, And people who are starting out, they don't know what else to do. I didn't, uh, you know, I, when I started writing, um, I, I would do pretty much anything that anyone would give me. I I just wanted to write and get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's like, wait a minute. No, (laughs) but um you know, so we always have those things that we're competing with these major platforms or whatever you want to call them that are undermining years of established rates. Okay. And I didn't reference it earlier, but just, just to give some people like some kind of frame of reference of how little things have changed uh, with (laughs) the rates. Okay. So I hate to use sex in the city as an example, but it's like one of the most obvious ones that I can think of. Sure. There is an episode where she 
gets a gig at Vogue. She gets to write an article, like a series of articles, I don't remember. But they they contract to give her a dollar a word. And she's like, that's unheard of. Guess what? <laughs> that are, that episode came out, what, like 20-something years ago? It's wow. still almost unheard of to get a dollar a word um, mm. as a writer, as a journalist, as a content writer, whatever you, whatever type of writing it is. And, and the thing is, it's not like we just sit at the computer and type like she did all cutesy in the episode. I mean, it takes hours of research and interviewing and fact-checking and you know, editing and more editing and more editing. Mm. So it's like, you know, yeah, you might like this little article that somebody put up and you might think this is a, a, a quotable piece or something, but you don't realize how much went into that and how little that person actually got paid to create that and how much that actual piece of content can be leveraged for other people's benefit down the line. Yeah. Because we don't get to control that all the time. I certainly don't have control over all of my work. So, you know, that's another thing that people don't think about. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I like to balance the, all of the thoughts because one, one of the biggest things that I've learned is to just grow with a brand that you trust. Like if you, if there's somebody local or somebody's mission that you love cannabis or, or non-cannabis if you really love what they're doing and they're small too, ask them if they need help and start to realize that we have so much more than paper money to give. Like you have a service and a skill that you've started to create. There's somebody on that team that could use your help and vice versa. So you might not start off at the, at the dollar amount that you want, but what will you get out of that partnership? Like, do you get access to more um, people to talk to, more more people to connect with? Like, is social there... capital? Yeah, yeah. There's so much. Mm. Um, I mean, that's a really good point. I'm. I started when I began writing in cannabis. I approached um, several people who were in line with what I wanted to write about and why I was drawn to this industry in the first place. And one of those people is Morgan Christine, and she was uh, the head of the Cannabis Women's Alliance in Washington. And they had a very small, pretty much non-existent budget at the time. And we worked it out, though, because I knew that Morgan was going to be a long-term partner. Um, and the long story short is this podcast would not exist if it weren't for that creation, you know, that partnership um, being created. Yeah. So, and, and also over the years, Morgan has connected me to so many amazing people. So it's like, you have, you do have to look at what you're going to get out of, you know, long-term, are you going to be valued? Um, and the value is not always <laughs> monetary, right? I mean, I'm definitely not a person that's all about the money for sure, but <laughs> you should also value people in the same way that you want to be valued. I mean, that's exactly where I come from. And money, money gets things like, you know, we can be as, <laughs> as creative as we want, but having money, getting paid something and, and being valued is our highest like form of validation because it's just been ingrained in us that having a, a good job that pays you good money works and and that's the success but 
as we can see in our different generations and, and talking, you know, I was talking to my parents the other day about it because my dad, Bryce just had a book that came out and it's his first ever kid's book and he's an illustrator. So he did all the visuals and it was so much work, Diana. It was so much work that he asked me to help him. And they, you know, unfortunately when you join different projects, you have to start to weigh, unfortunately, fortunately, you have to weigh all of the different things that you're going into. Like, am I going to get royalties? So royalties, like that means that if you are creating something that's for sale, you're going to get a percentage of those sales, or am I going to get like a base pay for it? Uh, so all of those things had to be discussed. And Bryce got just a, um, just a, uh, I guess, I don't know how to describe it. Just what's it called? Just like commission for it. Right. Uh, yeah. So Bryce was commissioned for it, but he didn't get royalties. And at the end of it, I was just like, oh, he should have had royalties. And you always, yeah. <laughs> you just think to yourself, like, I wish that, you know, you, you don't go into something thinking that you're going to be taken advantage of, but there's almost right. like, you should think about that because it's like, well, I want to make sure that you're just going to be taken care of just the same way everybody else is. And mm -hmm. with creatives, we don't really have that, that kind of safety net. You can join the the groups, as you were saying, Diana, like being a part of different like associations or groups where people are talking about rates or talking about what's happening in that. Right. Health. Yeah. But it's so different now because content is just everywhere. It's, and it's becoming water. Right. And also, you know, what you're talking about with the children's book, it's, it's so common. And see, I get very confused about, you know, my, when it comes to the rights of my work, and I have not pushed back far, you know, hard enough about that over the years. I've had my work republished in places without my permission. I've had, you know, people use chunks of it without, you know, consulting me. And I've had people use articles in their practice, like their therapy practice and things like that. And it's like, maybe that's good. Maybe that's, but I'm not seeing anything from that. Right. And, yeah. um, it's like, you know, your, your work is like, you want to carry it with you in some way, you know, I mean, some yeah. of these publications are so restrictive that you can't even put the work on your website in its entirety. Mm. So, you have that. And, and then with cannabis, what I'm seeing is with the cannabis publications, the ones that are coming from not so much of an editorial background, let's just put it that way, <laughs> um, are saying things that don't align with typical practices when it comes to a person's rights with their work. Um, for instance, I recently wrote a, a series of articles for a big, a bigger publication that is having issues. I'm not going to say who it is. I didn't sign any contract. My work may never be published. So I, re I inquired about it recently asking if I can use the work in another way. I mean, that's, that's common practice. I, I was paid for it, but I didn't sign any contract for exclusivity. Mm -hmm. And I was asked if I wanted to return the money. Wow. It's like, so you don't know <laughs> like you're saying, you don't know how to protect yourself all the way. Um, you know, groups like the Freelancers Union, I don't know that there is one specifically for cannabis people yet. I haven't found that. 
or cannabis content creators, I should say. I haven't found anything specific. Um, but the Freelancers Union is a really great uh, org because they constantly are fighting for protections for freelancers. So um, that's a really, yeah, it's a great place to start. Um, I also found this group, but it's in the UK, um, and it's like for independent producers, mm. I I'll link to it in the show notes. But um, it's also really important to support small independent publications, because I will tell you, for the most part, I don't deal with any fuckery on, of this level <laughs> with the independent smaller um, publish publications. I'm not saying that's not, it doesn't happen. Um, but at least with the, the smaller independent publications, you know that your work is being protected in some kind of a way, or they're, they're protecting the person who is creating the work in some kind of a way um, because they're really about the work, you know? Um, like Bitch Magazine, Broccoli. Woo! Yeah. And um, Dame Magazine is another great one. And that's, those, that's not cannabis related. And bitch does run some cannabis stories, and they've been getting a little bit more into cannabis. Um, yeah, but why don't you talk about Broccoli and your, your involvement with Broccoli? Real quick. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I, you know, that's another, that's another kind of um, what I said earlier about grow with someone you trust. Because when I first started in the cannabis space, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just forming my cannabis education company and I had so many ideas and I just didn't know where to start. So I always asked for advice because that's one of the, the best things is like always ask for advice. Like email is super powerful. You can find somebody's email and ask them for advice. I probably sent over like, maybe 500 emails, um, just asking people different questions, different advice. And one of the emails that stood out to me the most and still does today was from Anya, the founder of Broccoli Mag, because not only did she answer my question, but she took the time. She took the time to give me resources. She wrote like a page and you mentioned long form content earlier. I was just so blown away by the long form content article that she wrote me back personalized wow. to me specifically. She just, she took that time and invested in me. And so of course that was just off to the races. That was a few years ago. Anytime that I thought about helping her, how could I help? How could I, you know, I would just reach her. I would send an email, ask her what's going on. So when she did her she had a broccoli in bloom festival last year and mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I got to be there because I said, Hey, Anya, do you need help? Like, can I, can I come? Can I, I said, I can't afford the ticket, but I would love to volunteer to help out all weekend long, whatever you, and she was like, please come help. We'd love to have you there. So, um, I had the pleasure of working with the team experiencing for the first time ever the west coast cannabis scene and i learned so much that it just it sparked everything it, it kept giving me that fire that inertia and after covid this year um you know a lot of things that other people don't realize too are there there are these small business loans that come out to help the independent 
um, publications and stuff and help them out. So Annie got some help and she was like, I can hire on another team member. So she asked me if I wanted to join the team and I just cried. I was, wow. like, I was like, yes, please. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So now I am the head of community and operations. So what I do is I make sure everybody gets what they want from Broccoli. So when they sign up to be a subscriber and they're part of the magazine, I am running customer service, making sure that their magazine gets to them no matter where they are in the world. We ship internationally for free and I'm in charge. So I'm in charge of both of our warehouses. We have one in the US and then one in Germany. And we're we're understanding the different shipment orders, the different weights and packaging. And I'm I'm learning so much more than I ever thought that I would. And it's it's wow. just so nice to invest in a company. It's it's small. There everybody that works there is is built together by independent contractors and mm -hmm. they they all are just such a beautiful team of people that just inspire you yeah. to just want to be more. Absolutely. I interviewed Zoe Sigmund um, oh, love Zoe. a while back. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she, I'm, I'm actually going to redo the interview because you know things have changed since we spoke last, but um, <laughs> she's amazing. Broccoli is amazing. Um, it's one of the only magazines that gave me such a thoughtful rejection that I was like, not even, you know, <laughs> I'm never really mad about it, but I was like, oh, that's nice. And so uh, many people that, you know, I mean, there's just so many different things that come in. That yeah. I, I do not envy that job of being selective to what goes in because it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. I can only imagine. And it's such a unique magazine that mm -hmm. it, it's like, I, I don't even know. I, I, you know, Zoe said, pitch us, pitch us again. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what to pitch at this point. I feel like intimidated in a way, but um, one oh, of these God. days I'll figure out a good one. Yeah, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about it. We can come up with some ideas and figure it out and see, because honestly um, it's, I think, I think that's really what I'm noticing too now with this whole, like, everything's becoming so short form because we're creating it shorter and shorter to the point that it's getting so reduced into TikTok videos. And it's just becoming this content mill. Like we're becoming the content mill because we're creating it. That when right. you see the long form, you see the broccoli mags and you see the beautiful, like we have issue 10 coming out. It, it just started shipping today. And wow. It's so beautiful. It's got a holographic cover. Like it, when you grab it, you feel something. And I think that's where we're going to start heading into this new revolution where people are going to start to value art. It, it's going to become, it's not content, it's art. And it's very specific how it makes us feel, especially after COVID when we lost so much feeling. We're going to just want to touch people again. It's going to take a while. I'm probably not yeah. going to give hugs for a while, but it's it's going to come back to us where we'll want to be present with each other. We'll want to see somebody like my fiance Bryce's dad is a chainsaw carver and he was doing um, a, a local neighbor asked him to come and turn a dead tree in his yard into a piece. And so he was doing this a few weeks ago and he said the neighborhood like 
different people would come up to him and ask him different questions like, oh, what are you carving there? Like it became this community thing. And and the guy that asked him to do it, it's, it's a black family. And he said that it was so hard for me to just get to know my neighbors, but now they feel comfortable because there's art. They got to see you. I really do feel like we just have to relearn how to connect again. That is so true. And I mean, what better way than art, which is content. (laughs) But I think that we're all consuming it differently than now than we ever have. And hopefully that does open up some other pathways of understanding and appreciation for the people that create it more. Um, It's so encouraging to hear people like you though, talk about your experience at Broccoli and that, that, that gives me a lot of hope. Oh my gosh. Keep having more hope because I'm also just building up green thumb edu to a place where I just see weed and art and understanding and I'm really starting to build these partners that, you know, make these connections so we can reach a community and, and really start to show what it looks like to really care about art and like have different events, have things that are more relaxing, but at its core, you're going to learn about cannabis. I, I see this whole world that's going to be the opposite of what it was when cannabis prohibition started, all the propaganda that went against cannabis went against people went against art and music because they were saying that like they they were arresting musicians and artists and people that consume the plant because it's illegal now so they started coming in and putting people in jail and and making it very terrifying for people to be free and now we're coming out of that so i just want to keep empowering people especially people that write like you, especially people that design and that create. And then I just want it to be longer. I want it to be like held more instead of the 10 second videos, because they're just going to, the younger generation is just going to exhaust themselves and get more isolated when we can all just come together and just experience things together. Absolutely. I mean, I think that broccoli really is giving a, a new uh, rebirth to people appreciating magazines. Bitch Magazine yeah. is also one of them if you get a chance uh, to look into that. But they, it, it's like you get excited about holding the magazine. And yeah. as someone who, you know, as a writer, it is a little bittersweet sometimes because, you know, you put so much into a piece and then it goes into the air, you know, it just evaporates. And like yeah. 20 years ago, if you wrote an article, you could hold on to that for some time. You know, you could be like, look at this article I wrote (laughs) for about six months. And people would go, wow, that's impressive. And now it's like six minutes. People are going, okay, what else you got? Um, I know it's sad because you don't hold on to it as much. And then we keep making more. We keep forcing ourselves to just create in this way where But it's also nice, too, because I'm a true believer in creating and releasing things. But Mm -hmm. this is different. This is completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And hopefully, you know, now that we have these outlets that are speaking more about truth to power and um, the need to dismantle the systems that are not working for us, 
there will be more of a rise in art appreciation because that's what happens during a revolution, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. My friend told me the other day, which I love that he was like, you know what happened after uh, the Great Depression? It was the Harlem Renaissance. Or he said something like that. Wow. I, I think those dates might be off, but it was something like, you know, there's a time that everybody is is doing things probably so swung to the other side that we'll come back to this space of just air and life and rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I can't say more than you just did because <laughs> I feel like anything else I say at this point is just going to be like, well... <laughs> It's like putting a green olive on top of a sundae. I'm not trying to do that. So um, <laughs> an ice cream sundae, not a sundae today. Anyway, um, I'm going to end it here because I think that's just the perfect spot. So before we go, tell us what uh, we can do to support you better um, in this industry. Like, what can we do to support Kaylin as a person? And is there anything else that you want to promote professionally? Mm. That's a great question. Honestly, I'm full of them. <laughs> Aren't you? Jeez. Um, right now, I I feel so supported, so abundant in my community. I I just want rest, <laughs> and I I wish I would feel even more supported if other people just took a break. And I'm telling myself that I'm taking a break until Martin Luther King Day. I think that's January seventeenth. Mm -hmm. I would love, I would love it if other people just started to slow down because we honestly, I don't know. I, I got the New York times um, email that came in about Facebook illegally buying up other communication apps or something. And that this might dismantle our communication tools. And it's interesting because it's like right now, I think we're all in a place that if we just sleep and calm down and then reprioritize once we come out of this sleep, like it'll just, we'll just be ready for this new decade and, and all have a better understanding of how to move forward. So I guess, I guess it's kind of a, a weird way to say, I'm good. Get some, take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> you do you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap for a month. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna take a strong nap. And I guess professionally, I'm gonna come out after that siesta, after that hibernation, I'm gonna come out with the weed avengers and the classes that we need, the um, you know, and anything that's as far as like content. Here we go, content, the word of the day. Um, the most valuable that people need to see this plant and understand how this plant works so that they can get closer to themselves. I mean, at Green Thumb EDU, like our mission and our goal is just to have people feel good and find themselves. And cannabis education and art and appreciation, all that'll help with that. So check us Absolutely. out. Yeah, check us out at greenthumbedu.com. Um, I would say around, let's say February, let's say Black History Month. I'll have some stuff up then. And Awesome. <laughs> yeah, just learn. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you're going to be on before that more so so we'll talk about that more but definitely mm -hmm. support green thumb edu and also how can people um find bryce's children's book that we talked so much about oh yeah so um i guess the easiest way i, 
I it's really hard for me to promote Target and Amazon. I mean, oh, I know, right? That's the easiest way to find it, but don't do it there. Uh, it's it's called uh, I'm blanking on the name. Um, can you put it in the show notes? <laughs> I can. <laughs> I'm already just like falling asleep. I'm getting ready. As soon as you ask me, how can we support me? And now I'm thinking about that. Now. I'm like, ooh. look you talked about it people are gonna look for it so there you go you did support him in this (laughs) now it's about you yeah it's this oh second book to to p is for pterodactyl it's called um oh Oh, yeah i saw that yeah hold on it's let's see i can even look it up for just google it you can pause and google it if you need to for pterodactyl yeah, let me let me Google it. Okay, so Bryce's book, it's called No Reading Aloud. Are you there? Are you on mute? Yeah, I was talking <laughs> and not realizing that I was on mute. Okay, perfect. Um, um, I can yeah. say it again, too, because I was like, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, Bryce's book, it's called No Reading Aloud. It's by Raj Halder and Chris Carpenter, and it says pictures by my lovely amazing fiance supportive the best white man in the world bryce gladfelder i'm going to buy that for my toddler for christmas for oh sure. it's so good we had so much fun like coloring and i mean bryce did all the illustrations and then at one point like his poor little hands hurt so much that and his eyes and his like body was just weak. <laughs> he was Aww. like, he was like, can you please help me? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of fun, like coming up with the color palette and like coloring in a lot of these things. It was so nice. We had a great time. And now that it's out, we're just, we're just amazed. We love like walking. Like I walk into Target to go get my medicine from CVS and just seeing in the kids book section, his illustration, it's just, He's such a king. He's a he's a really good guy. And he also is a rapper too. So the rapping is that your mom likes my music. It's gonna get vulgar real quick. So I don't know. If you're an adult, enjoy reading to your kid the kids book, but listening to the rap music yeah. later. Hey. Hey. <laughs> get 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 the fuck over it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> I I think that people could be more vulgar without using curse words. So, you know, hey. Yes. Um, yes. That's just my theory. That's just oh. me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining today. And I appreciate you so much. I really, really, really had so much fun today um, recording. And I can't wait for you to come back multiple times. Hopefully reoccurring (laughs) more on that later um until next time stay high and beautiful yes thank you thanks for listening you can find us on instagram at your highness podcast or on twitter at highness podcast be sure to rate us on itunes and subscribe